Welcome to Conscious Matters. It's a safe space where we chat about how living consciously matters to our well-being, to the one of our surroundings and loved ones, as well as to the earth and humanity as a whole. Join me, Melissa DeBerry, for inspiring interviews with some of the most beautiful souls out there, individuals who are helping others to reach their highest selves and who bring light into this world. In every episode, we talk about conscious matters such as self-love, awareness, personal development, the power of yoga and meditation, self-medicine, the rise of holistic practices, and much more. We expand on our experiences, share tools that help live in peace, harmony, and alignment on a daily basis, and discuss about what we've learned along our healing journey. Get your mind, body, and soul ready for a ride in consciousness. Namaste, listeners. To shift your life in a desired direction, you must powerfully shift your subconscious. Here's a quote of Kevin L. Mitchell, an author. The famous philosopher Sigmund Freud in the 90th century actually ranked the three states of mind. The conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the unconscious mind. Today, we'll focus on the second one, the subconscious mind. If you have been a regular listener, you know how passionately intrigued by the power of the mind I am. Looking into neuroscience, psychology, and philosophy materials, I came to understand that one of the most powerful inner forces of human behavior is the subconscious. Plenty of cognitive neuroscientists have conducted studies revealing that 95% of our brain activity is unconscious. In other words, beyond our conscious awareness. When we talk about cognitive activities, it means decisions, emotions, actions, behaviors, 95%. Can you imagine that? That's a lot. Our subconscious is responsible for the reality that we create for us and the one that we live in. It never rests and pretty much runs everything in our life, storing everything like a big data bank, all of your beliefs, experiences, skills, memories, all you've seen, done, or even thought. We can ask ourselves that if the subconscious is of that much importance in the cognitive function of our brain, couldn't we tackle it to be more conscious of our thought patterns, to be more aware of our fears and triggers? Understanding the subconscious to harness its power to our advantage and consciously design the life we want to live? I'm pretty sure we can. Or I hope, actually, I hope that we can. So to explore these reflections, I invited transformational therapist, hypnotherapist, and neuro-linguistic programming, NLP practitioner, Kamika Smith. She presents herself as a subconscious genius. We just recently connected on Clubhouse, and I couldn't be happier to have this conversation with her today. She specializes in eliminating subconscious blocks that hinder your best self. To do so, she works on brain optimization for ultimate performance, emotional wellness, and improved mental health. All in all, using the power of your mind to make it work for you. Who doesn't want all of that? <laughs> Listen after this jam. Welcome, Kamika. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. So let's dive deep into the subconscious today. And my first question, let's start with the basics. What is the subconscious mind and why is it so important? All right. So your subconscious mind is so important because it controls 95% of what you do. So sometimes you might recognize 95% of what you do. So sometimes a lot of times we think that our feelings control our our, our thoughts. And it's the other way around because we get to think a thought right? But we don't get to control how our body responds to it. And how our body responds to it or in terms of our behaviors or physically representations of some of those things. It's based on what the subconscious mind codes in. So yeah. it could be conditioned based on memory from the past or your experiences. It could be culture, it could be religion, it could be triggers from childhood, and it could be traumatic, it could be not. So between zero to seven, those are your imprint years. And so when you look at kids and you tell them something, you can tell them something that you know is not true. And they're like, oh, really? Are you serious? And they believe you, right? That's because every, they let everything in. Yeah, it's they're true. like a sponge. 
right? So at the age of seven, plus or minus two, either way, is when they start developing consciousness and to start having those beliefs that either they have created or they've inherited from the people around them or from the people in their environment that helps shape and conditions their belief system and how they live their lives. And how can we tap into it then? How can we tap to it? It's quite easy, actually. Really? Uh, (laughs) So what I do is hypnotherapy, but what I do is like hypnotherapy on steroids. It's rapid transformational hypnotherapy. It's a method created by Marissa Peer. And so rapid transformational therapy is, and the reason why it is hypnotherapy on steroids, it is a combination of psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, NLP, and hypnotherapy. And being able to tap into your subconscious mind is to be able to, it's just like it's being in trance. So it's like what I mentioned before, you're driving and you don't remember making particular turns or an example that Marissa likes to use. It's like you're watching a movie and you are, you know, somebody, you had a doorbell and you jump up, you're in that state of trance. And so being able to be in that state is where you're able to access the subconscious mind and everything we do. It's recorded there. So we're able to go back there and understand and remember, bring back to memory some of the things that have happened. It's the perfect segue to my following question. The subconscious mind takes over, especially during hypnosis, meditative state and in our dreams. How can we use these high functioning subconscious states to heal emotional and physical pain? Exactly. And that's a perfect question. So let's say, for example, somebody said, you know, I've dealt with a lot of trauma as a kid, or even as an adult. But let's use a kid, for example, I've dealt with a lot of trauma at eight. And you know, every time I somebody touches me, I feel the same thing in my body, it's driving me, I, I, I can't connect with other people, or I isolated myself because I thought it was my fault. And I'm still carrying that emotional pain with me like nobody listened to me I tried to share it with somebody else or share it with my parents or I felt like I I was threatened to say well I can't share it now you're carrying all that stuff in you emotionally now what you're able to do with your subconscious mind is take that person back to understand and, and it manifests itself in different ways. Sometimes that trauma is kind of, well, I procrastinate or, you know, I'm not confident. I don't feel worthy. And so you take them back to understand why is it that you don't feel worthy? And so whatever scene comes up for them, and these are specific scenes, you're not reliving the scenes, you're viewing them. So even if it's traumatic, you are just reviewing the scenes because you're in the safe place. And so being able to go back to that and understand, okay, going back to eight years old, this was what happened. How is that? still driving me today it's still driving me today because I feel like I don't have a voice I'm scared of public speaking because I didn't speak up I didn't feel like I have a voice at that moment in time or I'm afraid of not doing things right or I feel guilty that this was my fault and so I'm carrying that guilt and that's causing me to not feel free and authentic and open I feel like I'm carrying a sack of potatoes on my back or this heavy feeling in my stomach Mm. whenever there are triggers And so being able in hypnosis to release that, to reframe that and to change those beliefs and the thoughts into what you want instead is what is possible by being able to tap into your emotions. And I have had people who they, after the two hour session, they're like, okay, I feel like a heavy weight have been lifted off of me because it's just so free and liberating. Yeah, because we don't even realize that we walk around this world with such a heavy burden on our backs. Yeah. And so- yeah, go ahead. And sometimes we don't know what it is. We just exactly. have to feel like that. We <laughs> that was exactly what feel- I was about to say. Sometimes yeah. we have like no idea why we feel like that. So that's very important like to explore the subconscious mind like, and see, okay, what is the root of the issue and how can I tackle it? Exactly, exactly. And I'm actually very big on scripting and journaling, you know, intuitive journaling. Yeah. So how does rewriting our thought pattern can actually impact our subconscious, our stored limiting belief that we are unaware of, but which are responsible for so many low vibration behaviors like fear, procrastination, like you said before, etc. And eventually, how can, can it impact the way we live our lives today? 
So just to make it sure, can we actually train our subconscious mind? <laughs> yes, it's great. But after we've done the discovery part and understand what's driving you, is understanding what meaning has been made of it, rip that out for you, recognize that that's not you anymore. Upgrade it in a child. And then the last part of it is what I call a transformation. And that part of it is creating those beliefs that you want. So let's say, for example, you're a procrastinator and you went back and recognized you're procrastinating because, you know, everybody used to help you do stuff or you wait for somebody to help you or to push you to do it because you didn't like doing your schoolwork as a kid or you're in a situation where you felt like, you know, you were being bullied and you didn't know how to do it. You didn't have the words. You didn't know how to express yourself. And now what you want instead, I want when I have something to do, I tackle my list. And I want when I need to speak, I don't, you know, I don't shy away from it. I actually step into my power. I feel the fear and I shift that into excitement. And to be able to step into it and to do it for it, to do what I need to do instead of procrastinating and to prioritize effectively and to take action on the things that I need to do. So being able to do what each of my clients get, and I love the way Marissa Peer have created this, you get a 21-day recording. Because right after the session, you feel that liberation and freedom. But in order to rewiring and reprogram your mind with those new beliefs that you have, you listen to that recording for 21 days, and that's what builds the new newer connections for you. And it puts what you want on autopilot. So it bypasses all the conscious effort or could and could trying to do something or the challenge of being able to do it consciously. We're able to shortcut that process and put that on order program for you and start, you start doing stuff and realizing that, oh, I never used to just take action or I never used to just step up and volunteer to do something. You just see yourself doing it. And how can you explain that a recording can actually help you let go of all of that heaviness that you were carrying for years, if not in, since childhood? Yeah, so a lot of the heaviness, and when you go deeper, a lot of that is relieved in the session. So we but go how? through like, what is the process that makes it like, because we could say, imagine someone who's not very aware of the power of the subconscious saying, okay, if I listen to this meditation for 21 days, like it's just as if I was listening to some music, but how come these recordings actually really strike the chord and Absolutely. it makes you go through this transformation? So yeah, so with the recording, um, so the recording itself, the transformation piece, well, maybe I should take a step back and explain the entire process with Rush, Rapid Transformation Therapy, and that will tie piece it all together for you. So yeah. the first part of it is understanding, after we get you, take you into hypnosis, it's taking you to the scenes, place and time that it has to do with why you have this issue. And we'll go to at, three, at least three scenes. And the first scene might be, you know, you were doing something as a kid and you felt like you couldn't do it. And then you created the beliefs that, you know, I'm just not good at this stuff. The next scene I'll take you to why you feel like you're not good at this stuff. And that will take you to another scene and we'll daisy chain those together and understand what that is. So now I'm the therapist, right? And I could explain to you what is happening, but it's much more meaningful with you getting the understanding. And there's sometimes, of course, you're the expert in your life. Sometimes you will Absolutely. come up with connections that I didn't know that even exist. So being able to give you the opportunity to understand and tell me what are some of those connections that you're seeing of how what has come up for you is still driving you today. Now we're upgrading that beliefs so that those are not driving you anymore. And then the transformation piece, that is the part that's recorded, usually the last 20 minutes, that is put it in for you, all the things that you ripped out, that is put it in for you, replacing those negative beliefs with the positive, exciting ones that you want. So with that recording, what it does, it's wiring for you and that recording, it does take you into hypnosis. And then in that subconscious state, giving you those beliefs that, you know, you are amazing, you are worthy, you have value. It's giving you, putting in for you on autopilot, programming you those beliefs subconsciously so that that becomes the program that your mind runs on as opposed to the other things that it was before. So it's actually deprogramming the old limiting beliefs and yeah. programming new empowering yeah. new beliefs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's if you compare it to doing affirmations, for example, mm -hmm. if you do affirmations of saying, okay, I'm worthy, I'm wonderful, I'm amazing, I have phenomenal coping skills. It's putting all of those things on all the programs subconsciously. Yeah. So it makes it so much easier to transform. 
And what about someone who's not ready to take the plunge and go to a therapist? What could you advise for them to actually use this meditative state on their own and try to find their power back through the subconscious? So one of the things that, so being in the subconscious state, right? Your subconscious mind is awake while you're sleeping. And so that's the perfect time to listen to some of those things. So I would suggest as getting some recordings that are tied to what it is that you're feeling or how they want to be. If there's a recording on confidence or recording, and there are lots of those things on YouTube that would be a start. Because what happens if you start listening to something that say on feeling Marissa has a foundation and one is I am enough. Listening to that will start getting you in the mindset of feeling worthy, feeling deserving. And then you'll probably sometimes recognize this, but some people that may be able to help bridge that gap with them. Some people, when there are deeper things, then that will start bring up a recognize, okay, I'm hearing this recording, I'm listening to it. I consciously believe that I am worthy now, but there's just something right there that's blocking me from stepping into my power. I still feel a little stuck. I believe it consciously, but it's almost like a contradiction of what is driving my mind. And so that will start preparing you to be more open to, okay, now maybe I should go see someone to be able to work and dig deep and remove this for me. Excellent advice. And you were talking about manifestation. So my following question was actually about manifestation, law of attraction, and the subconscious. So how does all of that work together? Okay, so law of attraction. I'll start there. We, We are attracting things every day, good and bad. And what we focus on is what we attract sometimes. You know, you focus on, you know, I like to use the analogy sometimes of what we do sometimes with the things from our past or from other people's experiences or what people tell us. Playing catch with a dog, right? I like to use that analogy because we take sometimes the things that we worry about, the things we fear, the things that other people tell us or the things that might have happened to us in the past. And we throw it all the way in the future. Just like we play and catch with a dog, we throw the ball in front of them, they go and catch the ball and they bring it back to us. And we do that. Something we worry about, something we fear, you know, it's like, okay, I used to play, you know, basketball or something and I got injured and it wasn't really a bad injury, but I worry about it happening again. So I don't want to play basketball anymore. So we throw it in the past and we're looking at everything through that lens. I don't want to play basketball because I'm going to get hurt. This person had a really bad injury and I don't want that to happen to me like it happened to them. And so that creates the fear. And what that does in terms of manifestation, we don't get to manifest the things that we want. Because all fears are holding you back. Right. Exactly. I met with a guy the other day and just in the 15 minute conversation, I said, what is it that you're passionate about? And he said, I love to play basketball. That was my thing. That was what really drove me. But I got injured. Uh, It wasn't that bad, but my other friend got injured and it was really bad. And for two years, I stopped playing and I went to do something else, but it doesn't give me the same feeling that I got from playing basketball. And so I went through and I got him through just a five minute hypnosis of him playing basketball and reconnected with that. Two days later, he joined a group meeting that we had and he was in the basketball court playing again. And he said, he's never felt so liberating, so free. He was so excited. It's like he's found himself again. And so that's what happens with being able to step into your power and manifest anything that you want, being able to remove that fear, to be able to attract the things and be reconnected with your purpose. And once again, it's all about the subconscious. Yeah. Because you will be about rewiring your thoughts. Yes. So you can actually like achieve what you what your heart kind of wants to do in the first place. Exactly. I have another example of a lady, she's a coach and she wanted to manifest success in her business and her coaching business and money. Mm -hmm. And took her back to understand why you have this money block, you know, and, you know, she's usually comparing herself and recognizing that she's not doing as good as everyone else. And for her, what was the most meaningful of all the scenes for me that we went to, because there were a couple of reasons behind it. At about eight years old, she had to save to buy a pet hamster. And while she was excited about it, she was excited that she was able to save. And, you know, it was meaningful for her to be able to do that. And she went to the store, bought the pet hamster, but she had mixed feelings. 
Because while she was excited and proud that she was able to do this and buy this hamster, the other part of her was like, okay, I saved up all this money. And in a flash, it's just gone. Oh, interesting. And so she created that belief at eight. While it was good to get the hamster, the money doesn't stay with me. It's gonna, I'm just going to get it and it's just going away. It's not worth saving unless it's a large sum of money. And when I do get it, it's going to dissipate. And so that was what was driving her and blocking her from success in her business. She was being blocked from money and success in her business because at eight, she bought the hamster. She saved up all that money. She then in a check, the money disappears. And so that belief for her, it even manifested itself in her saving because it's just going to disappear. So why bother? That's crazy. Can you extend or expand actually on the formatting years that you were talking about at the very beginning, where we actually creating all of our, we kind of building our subconscious during these years. Yeah, exactly. So when the age zero to seven, this is our imprint period. We'll learn beliefs from our parents you know, based on just observing them and recognizing and seeing some of the things that we do. We pick up beliefs, uh, create our beliefs from our environment or conditions in our past based on what it is that we we have been exposed to, what our grandparents might do, what our, what our teachers might tell us. These are all the ways that we create these beliefs. We create beliefs. I had a client where at two years old, she created this belief that she's not good at anything because she was sitting down trying to do something and she couldn't do it. And she believed that nothing will happen for her, that she is, she created that belief that she will never get anything done. And that was what was driving her. At two years old? Yes, at two years old. Wow. I've taken people back all the way to the womb and beliefs that are created. I had a client, she had done a lot of work and she realized that something was energetically driving her she didn't know what it is and so when I took her back and she talked about you know she knew she had a traumatic birth and it went back to for her where she was being born and she felt cheated because the doctors were saying that her head was too big and so she wouldn't be able to have a natural birth and she looked at it as this is my rite of passage like I want to be born naturally I don't want to be taken out I I want to be able to have a natural birth and so with that because what when she came to me what she said was I feel trapped Hmm. and the first thing we went to for being trapped she was in the ICU in one of those box-like containers that they put the babies in feeling trapped so sometimes the words we use are indication of what's driving us that's funny I mean, that's not funny. That's just like, <laughs> I'm saying like yeah, that's like mind blowing, I would even say. So yeah. it means that the subconscious is constricting itself even in the womb before being physically born. Yes. Yes. Wow. So we created beliefs, you know, based on the things that we hear and feel uh, when we're in the womb. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. Everything is there. So the beliefs and sometimes, you know, with especially during those uh, imprint years from zero to seven, we're only been on this world a short period of time. So we're creating these beliefs, right? You're struggling with something or not being able to do your homework, for example, when you were three or not being able to do something in pre-K or kindergarten. And you feel like the teacher isn't, you know, you, you can't ask the teacher something or the teacher isn't listening to you or you're not getting the attention that you want. And you just create this belief like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I don't know. I, you know, I start, you know, you, you manifest itself to not being able to focus. Yeah. And those are things that are created subconscious for you. Wow. That's super interesting. And if we take manifestation as the general concept of it, practical tips, into like once you kind of deprogram your old beliefs and you focus on what you want how does that work the process because i i hear a lot of people saying that the more i focus on it the less it happens Mm -hmm. so maybe there is like a a trick so there might be a conflict there right yeah you might be focusing on something let's say for example i focus and i want money i want success 
but then there's a conflict in belief that you're focusing on, you want it, but there's something there's subconsciously driving you. You don't want that. You know, money is going to give you problems. Money, money is going to be an issue for you. And, you know, success, you don't want success because people are going to pay attention to you and you're not worthy. You're not enough. You're not like this other person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we're focusing on things and it's not happening, and then there's all the part of it. Sometimes we are focused on things, but we're also trying to dictate the process. We're trying to dictate the how. Yeah, that's the ego here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the ego kicks in. Yeah. And so when we focus on that, we're not focusing on, and yes, we could have a plan or have a strategy and try to figure it out, but make it flexible to where we allow the universe to, to make it happen. Hmm. But being able to manifest the thing that we want, where after you've cleaned out all the junk, um, and sometimes it's an, it's an ongoing process because sometimes different things present itself. I was like, oh, I didn't realize there was that too. But being able to envision it. One of the things I, I love to do, and I usually advise people to do whatever it is that you want. Say you want to manifest your dream career, your business to be successful. Of course, you script it. You know, You write it down. You visualize it. But for me, what I like to do is Make that picture that you're visualizing exciting. What does it look like when you wake up in the morning? What do you do? What does your new life look like? When you step into your car, what does it feel like? What does it smell like? You know, what do you hear other people saying? How do you feel inside your body? Be in that moment. Put yourself in that space because your mind doesn't know the difference between what makes yeah. what's real. And I think that's a lot of people, like that's the missing ingredient, actually having your emotions linked to your visualization. Yeah. Because you want, as you say, you want to make the thing exciting. You want to believe in, but not just see it through your eyes. You want to feel it so you can experience it in the future. So it was good to you underline that. Yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's the emotions driving our behavior, our actions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your thought controls your feelings. Your feeling controls your actions. And that's the other thing too. Sometimes when we consciously have these struggles of manifestation, right? Or you're thinking you want something, but you're not really sure whether or not that is for you. And or you're having an issue with making a decision on something that you want. You focus on what it is that you want to believe instead. Yeah. I want to believe that I'm successful. I'm amazing. I have phenomenal public speaking skills. What I have to say is of value. And they're going to listen to me. It's going to resonate with them. And they're going to be excited. And I know that I'm an expert. And I know it's going to come to me when I'm there and I'm ready to speak. And the words are going to come. And when you start putting your mind in that space, and you notice your feelings change and how you act on it. It's completely different. And so living in that space of what it is that you want, and there's a term as acting as if, you live in that space. And then what you, you start getting closer to manifesting what it is that you want. It goes back to the saying, fake it until you make it. In a sense, but I don't necessarily like to use that term. I say live in it until you make it. Why don't you like using that term? I'm curious. So. For me personally, I um, don't necessarily like the fake it until you make it because it brings in the whole thing that you're a fraud. You yeah. That feeling that you're a fraud. You're Imposter not- syndrome and all. Right. Yeah. And the words that we use, we're creating labels on ourselves. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to fake it till I make it. Okay. I'm going to pretend. No, I am living it until it becomes real. Yeah. I like to put it. And that's funny because we're saying that words are super important. Like they are the one also creating our thoughts in a way. So when you say fake, so it means that you will never believe that it will be your reality. And then it's impossible to manifest it. Yeah. Your brain is like, oh, fake it till you make it. Oh, yeah. I could keep on putting the facade for her, make her think that, you know, sure. Like, yeah, you could do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to make it real because she doesn't want it because she wants to fake it until you make it. Right. So that's yeah. how your mind is going to process that. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that I talked about this saying and we kind of debated on that. Yes. As a brand strategist for wellness and holistic women on brands, branding excites me so much. And I actually use UX design. I don't know if you know about it. It's a user experience design. When I create a website and it actually uses the user's subconscious behaviors to predict the task, like the kind of task they're going to do on the site. But it also predicts as much as possible the 95% of the subconscious. So eye movement, mouse movement, decision, emotions, actions, and so on. 
I could talk about that for hours. But my question here, taking branding into consideration would be, as an individual, how could you shape your subconscious to rebrand yourself? When I'm talking about rebranding yourself, I mean, once you've done like that inner work and the programming and reprogramming the I'm enough, I'm fantastic and all of the happy thoughts and positive thoughts and that you want to show up in the world in a way that reflects your transformation. Yeah. So how? So I can use myself as an example for that um, because my background is in technology and okay. I've worked in corporate for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dealing with that sort of user experience of that kind of stuff, that's my world um, as well. Awesome. Um, however, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> so I, I work in the program management, project management, agile coaching, leadership type space. And how I ended up into this, I was, I felt like there was a lot, a bigger impact that I needed to be making. There is some, something else that I need to be doing where I'm changing people's life or making an impact in people's life. And I didn't know what that was. And then my mom passed away in 2018. She had a car accident. And so unexpectedly, that's fine. Thank you. But she's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now, right? Because going through that, I went on a journey of really understanding what is my purpose, you know, for her. What I realized is that a lot of people, I've seen the impact that she's made on people's lives, you know, and people are calling me, messaging me, sharing with me stories about what she's done for them, with them. And with me going through that journey, grieving through the process and really finding myself and recognizing that there is something else. And so I started my journey doing NLP, neurolinguistics programming. Can you explain what is it for people who don't know about NLP? Sure. NLP is really understanding how your brain communicates and the language of your mind and their language patterns and how people understand things. And so that the conversation communicating with your mind, essentially, in a simplistic term. And being able to going through NLP, there was a there was a process called parts integration. And it was it's really for if you have a conflict. And my conflict at the time was staying in corporate America or going independent on doing uh, at the time I was thinking going to do coaching agile coaching which is in the technology space which is really breaking down products into features and delivering it and so with that for me it's really on it was understanding what is yes that's what I'm looking at doing but what is the higher purpose of what I want to do I want to be happy I want to share I want to be able to live with purpose I want to be able to make an impact on people's life I want to change people's lives or change the world one person at a time and with that it went on my transformation of learning and understanding and my own personal growth and development and I recognized that I had a gift I knew I had a voice I just didn't know how I was supposed to be using the voice and of course after that they got with you know with Marissa Pierre's training and it was all over with then once I hit rapid transformational therapy because for me, it not only transformed my life into recognizing that this is what I need to be doing and being able to get rid of my own limiting beliefs of feeling that I wasn't good enough to be able to do that. I needed more. I needed, you know, more credentials. I needed more training. I needed more stuff because of what I've been conditioned to be in my younger years, as well as being, you know, thinking that I had to be perfect before doing anything. And so getting rid of those things and embracing my imperfections and recognizing that everything is practice and gives you feedback for the next time allowed me to step into the space now to where I could change people's life with a two-hour session. Things that are deep, things that some people didn't even think was possible to change because they've lived 50 years, 56 years of their life with it, carrying it. And to be able to give them that ultimate freedom to live authentically, to be free from this emotional, sometimes physical pain that has been driving them and to reconnect with themselves to be able to do that. So that for me is my own personal testament of being able to recognize how this could change my brand 
and change what it is I do, even though I do technology. Technology, I love it. It's always been my passion. But Mine now too. I get, yes, I get to change people's life in the technology space. And for me, shifting my brand to still leveraging the technology piece is recoding the mind and reprogramming it for you just the same way you upgrade your software in your phone or you upgrade the OS on your computers and laptop and you change the way the user experiences to evolve with how our environment is, our culture is, how our society is evolving. It's the same thing that I'm able to do with shifting into the space to where I'm rebranding, not just as a program manager, an agile coach or a technologist, but as someone who is equipped to transform your mind. That's super interesting. Thank you for sharing your story. And some parts resonated with me incredibly, <laughs> like so much, because for me, it was a little bit the same. I was a legal practitioner and in intellectual property. I studied law for so many years. And at some point I was like, what is my impact in this world? Like what I... What is like my true impact here? And my passion also is technology and everything internet related. And I was like, at some point, I need to see what was going to work for me, not only work with my passion, but also help people who are making a difference in this life. And that's why I decided to, to be a brand strategist, not for any kind of business, but truly for a woman, because I feel like in the corporate world, women have been a little bit put on the down low <laughs> for so long. So they need like a little bit more uplifting and also practitioners, entrepreneurs yeah. who are changing lives uh, one life at a time, as you said. So wellness entrepreneurs, holistic practitioners. Yeah. yeah. So that was my contribution to, to make an impact in this world and to live my purpose. And that's also how I rebrand myself. So this is funny that yeah. uh, the correlation between our two stories I love that you mentioned about, you know, that your area is about helping women rebrand, right? Because a lot of the times and how being able to unlock their power subconsciously comes in, right? With the way the environment that is created sometimes in corporate America, it's like a woman sometimes you have to they create this belief that you have to work twice as hard in order to prove yourself. Yeah. Right? And I don't think it's only corporate so, America. I'm like based in France and it's... Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same here. And like, I'm very international, exactly. like I live in several countries and it's the same everywhere I've been. <laughs> exactly. And so the beliefs that's created sometimes with some women is that, okay, well, I can't do this because I don't have enough yet. I'm not, you know, I need to make sure it is perfect yeah. in order to show it through. And not even, I was speaking to a lady the other day and it's not even wanting to be hesitant to speak up and to yeah. share their thoughts and feedback. Because of the fear of being accepted. I had a guy that I was working with and he looked at me and he said, well, you're so confident. Where did your confidence come from? Was it because you were, were you in the military? Like, no, I wasn't. Like, How come <laughs> that has to be the reason why you're confident? And we have to, it's like we've been put in the position where you have to explain why you're assertive, why you're confident. It's like, you're not supposed to be. I'm like, yeah, seriously? Because, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, first of all, that he said that to you. But yeah, we've been trained yeah. as little girls also, like, don't speak too loud. Don't scream. You're not allowed to, right. I don't know, like so many contradictory messages and absolutely not empowering. I mean, it's changing now, like with this generation, but we've been trained yeah. to lower our voice, to lower our head and give space to others and make ourselves yeah. smaller. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And now that we know more about individual subconscious mind, can we talk about the collective subconscious, especially during this strange time that we're facing right now? I mean, we've been facing that uh, for over a year now, and I feel like it's kind of the collective subconscious here. Yeah, That's my guess, but uh, I'll let you expand on that. So there's a, a lot of things that's happening, right? And then with, especially with what's going on with COVID and everything, um, we are put in a position to where we have to respond differently and it becomes difficult because we are having, especially when we have already our own burden of conflicting beliefs and things that we have been leading our lives with, right? Being able to come together 
and to work through and to shift into a whole different way of how we view our consciousness and even being able to, or not even looking at some of the things as being rule, um, because that's a lot of it, and really looking at it that we, we, how do we shift our ideas and beliefs and attitudes to where we come together and connect in a different way? How do we sociologically, yeah i was about to say like just like to understand (laughs) thank you to understand a little bit better like do you feel like first of all like everything like all of the i don't know like fear and uneasiness that we're facing right now do you feel like it's part of the collective subconscious before even like thinking about shifting our mindset or is it just adding individual subconscious minds together I think it's a combination, right? We all have our own unique beliefs, perceptions, that kind of stuff that are driving each one of us. But then based on our communities, based on our culture, based on our religion, based on how our upbringing, right? There are some environmental factors that create some additional beliefs and influence how we respond. There's that conditioning that is in addition to what is, individually driving us that affects how we interpret how we respond how do we embrace or how do we even determine what's right what's wrong exactly right so in one culture or environment they might think that something is it's perfectly fine in another environment that's not allowed so that really affects the way we interpret things and how we respond and how we even embrace thoughts and ideas and ideals so I believe it's a combination okay because even if going beyond what's being conditioned for you subconsciously right um individually it's if it's a shared belief within the area or environment that you are currently in or that you were brought up in it becomes unless you do the subconscious work for you to be able to shift your belief. Let's say, for example, you grew up in an environment where I had a lady the other day and on Clubhouse, she said, you know, in my culture, women aren't supposed to speak up. You can't sing. And so she has a voice and she wants to be able to sing. But in our culture, women don't sing. If you're still in that environment, you're still stuck in that, right? If she goes into a different environment, and wants to sing, that still is driving her subconsciously, where it's like she wants to do it, but there's that belief system that was created when she was younger. In order for her to step out of that, she has to do that work subconsciously to be able to step into that, unlock and recognize that's not me anymore. This is something else that another somebody put on me and telling me that I can't step into my power and sing if I want to. Hmm. And once she's able to unlock that for her individually, she could change that. But this is how society, the, the, uh, all the cultural norms and environmental and stuff that really put the, create these definition of what's right and what's wrong. And then we end up start living by things that are sometimes not even ours. Yeah. And that's the whole issue with, I mean, I don't know if it's an issue, but like it's one aspect of community living. I mean, you have like two kind of partisans. Right. So it's still like a divide, even though it's the same Community is yeah. the, it's supposed to be the same beliefs since it's the same community, but since we all have our individual subconscious yeah. also working and ideals. Yeah, and different layers of it, right? Of exactly. course, you know, looking at it from a government perspective, right? Let's say we're supposed to go with that ideal. It's under that, it's cities, communities, you know, there are different uniqueness there for some people. Then layering onto that, there are communities. Then layering onto that, there's cultures. Um, that plays into that, especially, you know, in, in uh, countries where you have people from all over the place that are living in and creating communities together. And then with that, there's, you know, religion. Then with that, there's gender norms. Then with that, there's, there's all of these layers of things that are in- included in that. And so, yeah, it creates the challenge um, in terms of being able to, in what people decide to do, you know, what do they decide to follow? Do I be responsible or do I consider it to be responsible to go ahead and you know just go with it even though I personally don't see and I don't get the logic but in order to even 
to for us to get together and to work together to be able to get to a different place, get to that new normal. What are we willing to do? How are we willing to connect? And how are we willing to contribute to this whole collective approach and doing our part to get us to where we need to go? Then would you say that there is one collective subconscious or many then? There are a lot of... That's a tricky so question. It's one universe, right? <laughs> yeah. And if you're thinking about it from the level of the universe, it is one. Beneath that, there are lots of things. There are lots yeah, of Yeah, that's true. That was a good answer. <laughs> Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So to wrap everything up, would you, what kind of practical advice uh, would you give in a nutshell for people on their own, in their home to try to, I would say, tackle the subconscious and use its power to their own benefit? So practical advice. One of the big things that I find with people is not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy. And Marissa Peer has this, has this fantastic thing. And the reason for it is the simplicity, right? Is writing down on your mirror, I am enough. Or make it your screensaver. Or make it, you know, you put it on your computer. And what it does, the simplicity with that is recognizing that you are good enough. You're smart enough. You are born with enough. You may not be the, have all of the things that everybody else has. But you're still enough. And recognizing that and understanding that really puts you into the mindset of recognizing that, that whatever it is that you want to accomplish, it is possible. And when those thoughts come up in your mind that are limiting you, it's focusing on what you want instead. What do you want to believe in instead about yourself? What thoughts do you want to have? And if you recognize that there is something else deeper where you're feeling stuck and you don't know what it is, or you may know what it is, to do the work, find somebody to help you reprogram that subconsciously. And because when you do that, it would quickly freeze you to be able to step into your power, to reconnect with yourself authentically. And the other thing is tell yourself better things. You know, sometimes we end up into the state to where we like, we do something wrong, like, oh my goodness, I suck. I messed this up. I'm so stupid, that kind of stuff. Words of power. The words you use create, yes, the words you use create pictures in your mind, right? It's like, you know, you're going to do an MRI and you look at it and you're saying, oh, that looks like a coffin. You know, I'm scared of going there. Of course, you're going to be scared because you're thinking about dying. <laughs> but if you're looking at it and say, you know what? It has a bed. It may not be as comfortable as mine, but I'm going to go in there. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to close my eyes. And it's just going to be just like I'm laying in my bed. You'll start feeling that you're calm, you're relaxed, and you get through it. So tell your mind better things. And that's how your mind will help you because the pictures and the words that you give yourself creates that feeling for you and to shift you into acting in your power and to be in that person that you want to be. Excellent advice. And actually like the thing on the phone or the computer, I have this app called I Am and it literally like uh, give you a notification with positive affirmation and it feels really good sometimes yeah. to <laughs> to read some so if yeah. the listeners want to download that that's like yeah. very empowering too and sometimes a good I reminder know. because we can be so much into our head and comparing ourselves even though it's like no rule number one don't compare yourself so like sometimes when you're in this doubtful self-doubt mindset is good to boost yourself with positive affirmations. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that the other thing as well is when you focus on what it is that you want, make the picture exciting in your mind. You know, if it is that I want to be able to have a new house, visualize the house, close your eyes, visualize the house is going to have a nice you know, backyard, it's going to have this amount of bedrooms, it's going to have a wonderful bath and patio. And I see myself sitting on the patio, having a nice martyr 
I feel I relax. I see my spouse or my kids playing and hear the sounds, feel the energy. Make it exciting. Because with making it exciting and connecting your emotion and really feeling it will help you step it into that state of feeling excited about achieving it and doing the things that you need to do in order to get it. Yeah, actually, I think I think that I'm a master at manifesting housing. I have like the most amazing homes, like sometimes just like, I don't know how, but I feel like I make it exciting, like when I'm looking for one. And I start like even before getting the home, I start looking for decoration and how would I make the place better for me? And then suddenly, usually the answer is yes, you got the home. So maybe it's a trick yeah. to envision yourself into it and start like preparing as if it's already yours. Yes. Or even go, go check out houses that look just like it and just sit in it. Go in the house every day. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the sale that you could go do a walkthrough. Go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kimika. Absolutely. And where can we find you online? Absolutely. So if you go to kamikaism.com, it's K-A-M-E-K-A-I-S-M. And that's a play on P performance. Uh, Kamikaism.com. And you will be able to find, that's my website. And you find details about connecting with me or being able to go deeper into rapid transformational therapy and performance coaching. That's the best place to reach me. And on all my social media platforms, my handle is the same thing. Kamikaism on IG, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, just find Kamikaism and you'll find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you so much, Melissa, for uh, inviting me and having me on. I think what you're doing is amazing and being able to use your gifts and use this podcast to really help and motivate people to understand a deeper level of how to connect with their subconscious mind. So thank you so much for inviting me and for creating that space. Of course, that was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you to have taken the time to listen to me and my guest talking about conscious living. Conscious Matters is a self-produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and ordinate. Five stars, always preferred. Your support will help to keep on raising the collective consciousness together. Talk to you soon. Thank you.